We are continuing in the book of Colossians this morning. Um, we started last week, and um, we've been considering uh, how there's more than enough in Christ. Some of you may be considering how we are more than enough in Christ, and how Christ is just more than enough. Just play with that. You, during the week in your free time, I want you to have that in, have that in your mind. Saints, it's good to see you. I told you last week I was going to start calling you saints. Or maybe this side I'll call saints, and this side I'll call holy ones. My holy brothers and sisters. Amen. I, I told you that might make somebody uncomfortable. So. But it's, it's in the scripture, isn't it? We're going we're gonna to look at Colossians chapter 1. And because Paul put so much into the, into the writing and, and their long sentences, and um, in some places we'll, we'll, we'll cover what looks like a small area of ground, and in some places we'll, we'll cover more, but I, I don't want us to jam too much in just for the sake of uh, completing a chapter. Like, nobody does that when you do those read through the Bible in a year things where you just jam the whole chapter in and you didn't get it, but like, I did that day. <laughs> y'all, y'all, know, <laughs> y'all know those apps, but we're not going to do that. Here we are in Colossians chapter 1. I'll begin reading at verse 9. It says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. In whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, help us to be overjoyed in the position you've placed us in. Help us to... uh, Uh, Open our eyes that we will behold wonderful things in your word. Help us to grow in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Lord, help us to glorify you in a way that's worthy of your name. We thank you for this time. We thank you for those gathered. We pray for those, Lord, that are are absent, Father. We pray, Lord, that uh, they would be walking in you uh, wherever they are. Lord, we thank you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Lord, you're my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. 
We live, we live in, a, in a me first, me centered culture and generation. Me first, me centered. I'll give you an example of what I'm saying. At one time, you know, this is going to tell your age. At one time, the predominant use of the camera was to take pictures of other people and things. Yeah. But now, one of the most popular pictures that the camera is used for is called the... Everybody should have said it. You, you, <laughs> the, 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 but the title of the picture, it, it describes the times perfectly. Uh, the, the focus is on self. You know, this same attitude, it's a cultural thing, it's the same attitude has crept into the prayers of many people over the years. And, and, and instead of the focus on God and others, it, it's turned back on self. We have selfie prayers. In this text, we get a snapshot of Paul's prayer focus. He goes to God making a request, but not for himself. Instead, uh, he requests, his request is for the Colossians. Um, and keeping God at, as the true focus of the prayer, he demonstrates the right way to ask God for more. To ask God for more. And that, that's, the, that's the title of the, uh, of the sermon today, Asking God for More. Asking God for more. Um, depending on what church you're in, someone could run left with the title <laughs> or they could run right. Asking God for more. Let's look uh, by way of, of background again, uh, in case we weren't here last week. The letter of, uh, to the Colossians was written uh, to address some teaching and influences that were contrary to the true gospel and were threatening and pushing into the church. If they were left unchecked, these influences could ruin and shipwreck the faith of some in the church. We found the answer uh, to the harmful teachings is, is found to be in the recognizing and exalting of Jesus as preeminent and sufficient for every need and condition of the church and of our lives. The Apostle Paul receives word of the Colossians while he's being held as a prisoner in Rome. And then after uh, last week describing why he thanks God for the Colossians, he goes on here to tell how he prays for them, how he prays for them for more. Um, you could carry a, a, a main thought from this text that we should pray to fully live God-centered lives that please him. We should pray to fully live God-centered lives that please him. Nine, it said, and so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. 
Now, last week, we heard Paul expressing his thanks to God for the authentic faith that the Colossian church had received and been demonstrating. Here, he continues to describe his unending prayers for them. It it, it was evident that God was at work in the Colossian church, uh, but using words like filled and fully and all and every and increasing uh, he expresses the idea that there is more for them to experience in God. So he asked that God would help them reach it, asking God for more. Along with his companions, Paul wasn't alone. Uh, he writes, but he's there with companions. Paul's prayer is that the church will be filled to the brim with the knowledge of God's will. Uh, the prayer is that their knowledge of God would be from the spirit of God himself. I mean, this is, is this prayer useful or what? Uh, this should, we, should, we should probably bump this into our prayer list for our, for our church. Amen? Um, but he, he, wanted to, he wanted it to be through the spirit of God himself. He, that, they would, that they would have a complete, a complete spiritual wisdom and understanding uh, in God's will that would make them not only able to know it, but to live it out in the world. Even in prayer, Paul uh, puts this spiritual wisdom uh, in contrast and opposition to the so-called wisdom about God from other sources. Uh, so, so him saying that he wants it to be the spiritual a wisdom and a spiritual understanding uh, means that he doesn't want the other types creeping in, uh, the worldly philosophies, the uh, other things that, that, that were approaching uh, this church. Having, having all spiritual wisdom and understanding would fill them with a knowledge that's complete without the need of worldly additives. Uh, he uses the word all. Um, they won't need any condiments from the world added on to their faith and their wisdom, their understanding. It's not just more head knowledge either that Paul is praying for or, or more book smarts. It's not knowing for knowing's sake. Uh, this increase Paul prays for has a purpose that points right back to God. Uh, it, it, it will impact the walk of the Colossians, he says, their walk. Uh, the word walk used in the scripture here describes the way a person lives, uh, their lifestyle. In other words, he's praised that they would live up to their status as God's holy, separated people, his saints, Uh, He prays that they are filled this way so that their lives would be fully pleasing to God. This this pleasing God shouldn't be confused, though, with working to be accepted by God. Um, It's not the same as someone that has a a, a tendency to be a people pleaser and they carry that into their relationship with God. Uh, No, this, uh, this church is already in the faith. Uh, but uh, try this out. I, I love my daughter. 
See, I smile when I talk about it. She, uh, 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 she never has to or had to do anything for me to accept her as my daughter. She was simply born as my daughter. Uh, that being said, she still has the ability to do things that are pleasing or displeasing. Things that fall in line or out of line with her relationship to me. Uh, because of her knowledge of me, she has a pretty good idea of the things that are pleasing and displeasing. And thankfully, the older she's gotten, the more she's come to know and understand me and my desires for her, and she increasingly shows in her life the things that are pleasing to me. Does that make sense? <laughs> Paul, Paul is, is saying that. This is why Paul prays the Colossians would be filled with more knowledge. In this prayer, he goes on to share four ways that they can live the pleasing lifestyle, walk the worthy walk that God desires uh, here in his prayer. The first, the first one is that the worthy walk is one that's bearing fruit in every good work. Bearing fruit, in, so, so, so fruitfulness <laughs> is pleasing to God. Bearing fruit not only points to the holy attitudes produced by the Spirit uh, uh, in a believer. Uh, we, we find them in Galatians 5, and uh, chapter 5 and verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit that, that, that emanates and pours out of the believer uh, when the Spirit is active in their lives, the, uh, the, the love, the joy, the peace, the gentleness, the long-suffering, uh, the humility, faithfulness. Uh, these, <laughs> these are fruit of the Spirit. They, they're pleasing, so, but it's, it's not just that, but, but also it's them living out the works produced by God in them. Um, it's not just carrying around the attitude, but it's, it's, the, it's the living out of the works. A life that allows God's compassion or, or mercy to work through it will be pleasing to him. When God sees uh, the, the, that fruit, uh, he sees what he's prepared, his, his compassion operating through you. It's pleasing. It's pleasing. Is there, uh, I had a question, and when the question hits me, then I hit you with it. <laughs> is, there, is there good work with your name on it somewhere waiting for you to be fruitful? Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 10 says that, uh, that, that, that God is paraphrasing. God pre prepared good works. He has good works already prepared for us that we will walk in them. So the good work just, just waiting for you uh, to, to walk in it and be fruitful. That deserves a pause. <laughs> uh, second, second, the worthy walk that fully pleases God is also one that is continuously growing in the knowledge of God. Uh, it, it, it's continuously growing. Uh, as, as, as these folks walk in the good works, they grow more intimate in the knowledge of God. It, it's, a, it's a cycle that's happening. Um, uh, he, he is revealed 
more deeply as they would uh, experience the leading of his spirit in their daily lives. They're growing, uh, growing, increasing in the knowledge of God. They're, 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 they're spreading out in what he's called them into. Uh, and, and it's not about uh, having a superior knowledge that, that, that someone would walk around and say, I'm a saint that knows God better than you. Uh, no, it's, it's about growing in knowing. Growing in knowing. Uh, uh, imagine, imagine being invited into a large home. You're invited into a large home. You enter the doorway or the vestibule of the house and, and you stand there in the front room. And you're enjoying it, you know, spending time with the owner of the house and taking the view of that front room, and, and, and he tells you, the owner says, make yourself at home, but you never leave that front room. Although you're, you're welcome and inside the house, what you know about it and what you know about the owner is limited. Uh, you, you may be told uh, the amount of rooms that the house has, but you couldn't describe it because you haven't experienced them. You've you just been in the front room. When my, when my family came to, to visit us for the first time here in, in Delaware, uh, they weren't like this invited guest, <laughs> that I, the one I just described. My, my relatives not, not only wanted to come in, uh, they wanted to walk through the entire house, uh, every, every room, every area. One, one of them even wanted to see the attic. My cousin, I love him, but God, God wants his church to be like my family, fully exploring and getting to know all of him and, and the life that he's invited us into. He doesn't want a, a front room church. It, it pleases him when we're growing and increasing in the knowledge of him. Third, the lifestyle that fully pleases God uh, verse 11 says, is being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. I like that. It, it, it's a lifestyle that's being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. The life that would be fully pleasing to God <clears throat> has to be strengthened by God. Uh, it is totally reliant on God for the ability to carry out all that he desires that would please him. Um, the, the, the life can't run on regular unleaded. It, it needs 90, how high does it go? I only do one. It needs, Philippians 2.13 says, it says, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure, his strength. This is, it's, an, it's an act of grace, but it's pleasing to him. It, it, it's like, it, this isn't in the notes. It's like if I give, it's like if I give my, I'm picking on my daughter today. It's like if I, if I give her $20 and she goes to buy me a, a birthday card with it. <laughs> 
And I'm pleased. I'm like, she got me a card. I, I paid for it. <laughs> and it, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that God can keep it that simple with us. <laughs> He's going to give us what we need to yeah. please him. The source of their complete power. It says all power. The source of their complete power was to be God. They would not have to look outside for any formulas or false schemes to, to generate and drum up power. Uh, 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 it, it was the glorious might of God that would be on display in their lives. This is pleasing to God. The, the purpose for more power in the lives of the Colossians was that they would have the supernatural ability to endure the pressures that would try to push in from the outside and damage the church so that they would be able to endure, uh, to, to, to remain up under the pressure and not buckle, not give in, not say, I'm tired, I quit. The divine power would also allow them to demonstrate patience among themselves while they were maintaining the faith. So not only are they enduring, but they, they are, they are uh, 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 interacting patiently with those that they are uh, connected to and, and nearby while they're enduring. Some of us get one or the other. <laughs> we start to endure too much, then we take it out on the person that's next to us. No, God, uh, this power is going to produce uh, a patient endurance in them. Yeah, the, uh, 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 all, all of this patient endurance, is, and it's all going to be marked by the joy of the Lord, he says. Is it his, is it his joy in, in, in watching us demonstrate what he's given to us, or does he just pour his joy out on us while we walk in what he's called us to walk in? We're going to do it. All endurance and patience with joy, the Colossians will. If I say us, that means I, we, we, we've jumped into the boat with them. Uh, all of this is being marked by the joy of the Lord. A life of patient endurance with joy is a sign of God's power. It's a, it's a demonstration to the world. Remember, the more the Colossians receive in this prayer, the more it points back to God. It points back to his grace, his power, his pleasure. Paul's asking God for more for the Colossians, but it's, it's, it's more for God. Uh, the fourth way the prayer uh, requests for them to live out a worthy lifestyle in God is them giving thanks to the Father. Giving thanks, yes. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. And all that the Colossians would experience, having a lifestyle of giving thanks to God is pleasing to him. Uh, remember, we, we talked last week about that, the fact that um, giving thanks to God is more than just expressing gratitude. It's an act of praise and worship, thanking God. They had much that they could be given thanks for. Uh, last week we mentioned the, the, the faith, hope, and love they had received and were walking in. 
We mentioned that God had given them a, a faithful minister uh, to their church. In, in this text, the wisdom, power, and knowledge of God would be enough to be thankful for alone. But Paul turns to God's saving work. Uh, saving work, his saving work past, present, and future as even more fuel for the Colossians to be living thankfully and pleasing God. And, and, and as, we, as we look at, before we look at it, before we, before we highlight that, I, I want to note that living thankfully also protects us. Uh, the person who is thankful for where they are and what they have doesn't have to look for or accept lesser things being offered. It protects us. That thankfulness, living in that, that bubble of thankfulness, it protects us. It was God's sovereign choice to select and set apart a people to call his own. So after choosing Israel, he, he also promised to give them an inheritance with, them, with him. Israel uh, then at that time, they were made acceptable and eligible to come into special relationship with God and receive his promises all by God's grace and God's grace alone. Paul is writing here now, uh, uh, these people may have a, a, a little background on Israel, but he, he's writing here and saying along uh, with the others who were not a part of Israel, God had qualified the Colossians. He's qualified them now. He's, he's taken the Colossians and placed their names along with the other children to have rights to the stored up future that God has promised to them, his children. Uh, Jesus alluded to this future when he told the, his disciples that he was going to prepare a place for them, uh, uh, that where he was they could be also the inheritance is it's a home with Christ, prepared by Christ, eternal in the heavens. Both the saints and the inheritance that they would receive was identified uh, by light. Paul says it's, it's with the saints in light. Uh, in light, we know it was used as a metaphor for many things in, in, the, in the Bible. Uh, it was used as a metaphor for knowledge and righteousness um, Israel was, was directed by God to, to walk in the light of the Lord in Isaiah 2 and 5. Jesus was <clears throat> identified with the light in John chapter 1. Uh, he said in him was uh, 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 life, and that life was the light of men. Um, and in chapter 8 of John, verse 12, he was as the light of the world. Paul here writing uh, well, writing to the Ephesian church, let them know that they were now, they were now light in the Lord, the church. <laughs> and he says, walk as children of light in Ephesians 5 and, and, and verse 8. And in the book of Revelation, Jesus shows John that the believer's future destination is to be in the presence of unending light. It says, and, and, and night will be no more. They will need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, 
and they will reign forever and ever. In, in Revelation 22 and 5, not only were the Colossians qualified by God uh, for that inheritance and the light with the saints, Paul continues pointing out what God has done. He'd also delivered and he had transferred them. He delivered and he transferred them. He, he says in verse 13, he, he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He, he now includes himself as he's talking, <laughs> includes himself in this mighty work of God. It seems Paul begins to draw on some of the Old Testament experiences and exploits and promises of God as he describes this transaction of deliverance and transference that, that pictures the exodus of Israel from slavery in Egypt into the land promised to them by God. Um, here he, he informs the Colossians that they have joined into an even greater deliverance than that deliverance. That deliverance was renowned, <laughs> that they were pulled out of mighty Egypt by the mighty hand of God. But he says, uh, you're, you're joined into something even greater. Just the same way light referred to righteousness and the presence of God, darkness refers to a place and condition opposite of that. And Paul includes himself along with the Colossians as being in that place uh, under the power and the authority of darkness, belonging to it like a slave or, or, or a servant. The Father had not only brought them from that place, delivered them from that place, but gave them a new residence, a new place in the kingdom of his beloved son. Immediately, Paul, he, 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 he exalts Jesus in the same breath as, as a ruling, uh, being a ruler of a kingdom. Uh, he points to the, to the cost of the church being placed in that kingdom. There is redemption called forgiveness of sins there. Our, 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 our slavery in the dominion of darkness was a result of sin. He's speaking to the Colossians. Uh, we, we belong to the dominion of a tyrant. He wasn't just going to release us. There had to be a cost. The only way... <coughs> For slaves of evil, <laughs> the only way to, to, to purchase or to remove an individual from that slavery was to redeem or to ransom them, meaning you had to pay the price for their freedom. What was the cost? <laughs> Paul hasn't, hasn't laid out his full argument because I told you he, he's writing because of the the false teachings pressing into the church, and he's going to argue against that. And he hasn't laid out the full arguments against that false teaching uh, trying to enter the church. But here uh, you, be you, you begin to see him uh, uh, not make the full argument, but start to stretch out his finger to point in the direction of the one who is the solution and the salvation for whatever the church might have to face. He starts pointing the finger toward Jesus 
Without describing it literally, Paul draws on the substitutionary death of Jesus on the cross on behalf of the church. It was the cost of the redemption and the forgiveness. And and, and at the same time, he doesn't keep him there on the cross. He holds him up as a ruling, ruling king in front of them, worthy of praise and, and, and thanks. <clears throat> Paul is he's thankful for all that has taken root in the Colossian church, but still he wants them to have more. He asks God to continually pour into them so they will have a complete picture and understanding of what the Lord has done in them and for them so they will live fully for God, fully God-centered lives that please him. I I had just two questions and a thought. And as the pastor used to say, I'll be out of your way. (laughs) Uh, Is your your life driven to please anyone other than God? Is your life driven to please anyone other than God? Driven, the driving force, the the go in your life. Is that... Do you, do you know enough of God to desire to live fully pleasing to him? Do you know enough of God? Have you seen enough of him to desire to live fully pleasing to him? Has he shown you enough? The thought is is knowing how much God has in store. Paul shows us here that it's right to ask God for more. It's right to ask God for more. Even though he's done enough, we can never know enough of what he's done. So we can ask him for more. Asking God for more. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the never exhausting depth of your glory that you call us, that you invite us in to know you more and more. You draw us closer to you, Lord. You comfort us knowing, Lord, that you've given us a place, you've given us a position, Lord, that won't be uh, moved or shaken, Father, but still you desire that we would... uh, come closer and no more. Help us, Lord, to uh, move those things that would uh, draw and motivate us in other directions. Help us, Lord, to, to foster and to ignite that desire, Lord, in us, Lord, to uh, live fully God-centered lives, Lord, that please you. We thank you for this. We thank you for the cost, Lord, of uh, our new residence, Father, the kingdom of your beloved Son. In his name we pray. Amen.